Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. This is the Blizzard Watch podcast. I'm your host, Matt. With me this week are my fantastic co-hosts, Liz and Joe. And we're going to talk about a lot of Blizzard things because some stuff is happening. Um, one, about, one of those things is that Diablo 4's uh, Season 3 has started. Um, it started today, I believe, because I started playing it today. I don't know if it was out yesterday or not, but I was pretty sure it, it was today. It, it did start today, yes. Um, there's a lot, actually a lot to talk about, a lot of systems, a lot of interesting stuff that's going on. And I want to talk first about something easy to talk about because it's small. It's a small thing. Um, one of the quality of life changes they made is that they've changed the way you can respec your character. Um, you don't have to basically refund everything point by point and then rebuy everything and spend gold the whole time as you're buying them even as, as you haven't finished the spec yet and you're like oh no i can't do it this way now i have to go and undo what i just did and that's going to cost me gold again that's all no longer necessary um the respecking system now allows you to preview it you can refund all your points in the preview spend them doesn't cost you any gold look at the spec say okay this is what i want and then hit a button and the spec happens um, mm -hmm. which is a massive improvement uh i it's... i know you've been playing diablo 4 liz i don't think joe has at the moment nope but you do know that the, the old respect system oh yes so first liz then joe what you joe liz what are your thoughts on it what would you like to see them add to it if anything uh you know go ahead you know just just it give seems like this it seems like this is such an obvious system to add. The Diablo 4 respec system, as it was, was not so much a respec system as a you can refund each of your talent points individually and assign them into new talent points. And all of it costs gold. Imagine if you were doing this in World of Warcraft and re refunding each talent point you had costs a certain amount of gold. That amount of gold goes up every level. This is even worse than the talent system that rolled out with World of Warcraft in yes. 2004, yeah. which you could refund it for an increasing gold cost, but at least you just refunded it and started over. Here, it's in Diablo 4, it's like you can... It was you, moderately better than the very first World of Warcraft one, which wouldn't even let you do that. Well, yes, but, but moderately once, better. Once they added in any kind of system, it was still better than this system. So yeah, it's good that they changed. Actually, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so it's just it's it's kind of a nutty system that they had in the first place because you would, un like, let's say I wanted to switch my ultimate ability in Diablo Four, so I would have to like go and like unclick my ultimate ability. Uh, but, and then you, and so you unselect that, you pay a fee, you select another one, you but have now, to unselect. Yeah, now you've done that, since that ultimate works best with this setup, now I have to go back to all the original talents yeah, and refund so them. Like, yeah, it, it, Oh, it, well, I'm, I'm picking my, my capstone, oh, I forget what they're called, the last tier of, uh of talents anyway so you want to switch okay i'm using blood surge right now but you know eventually i want to do a bone spirit build which means i'm probably not going to need blood surge because i'm just going to be throwing my bone spirit at everything but blood surge is like in the second tier of talents so if i go and remove some blood surge i have like currently in diablo 4 i'm like level 10 and i have five points in blood surge already if i want to go get rid of those points in blood surge I gotta move those points somewhere else so that I have enough points to get to the higher tiers of talents. So I have to go, like, you have to go to your later tiers and unspend a bunch of points 
And then you can go back and spend those points to replace the points you spent that I spent on blood, uh, blood surge. And then you take the points out of blood surge and then you put them back where you want them. Like it's this weird, unintuitive, cyclical thing where you you're moving points around. And I'm just like, I just wanted to not have blood surge and move those points somewhere else. Yeah. But you've got because each tier of talents has its own. You have to have so many points spent before that to get to the next ones. You you wind up in this complicated removing talents, adding talents, removing talents. And if you make a single mistake, you got to undo that. Previously, yeah, I, while that's you how were, it worked. While you were talking about it, I brought up my thing and showed people the respect yeah. mode. And one of the things that's great about respect mode is instead of doing all that stuff that Liz was just telling you, you literally just sell it, wipe everything. And well, okay, then you can you, set up the new the new build and then you can tell it to apply it. Yeah. It's so you much can, In the previous system, you could tell it to wipe everything. But of course, that would have a specific cost. Yeah. And, you do it now for free. Yeah. 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 And then you can fun look at it and they'll tell you, okay, your final cost for all this is going to be blah. And then you can say, oh, nope, don't want to do that. Or you can go, yep, go do it. It's just so much easier to use. And ah. the Diablo... I don't know if they're doing this for Paragon. Do you know if they're doing it for Paragon as well? I've only seen them told, talk about skill points. I was told that it works for Paragon tiles as well, but um, this character is level 10. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It'll be a while before I can test that personally. Yeah. But the system was even worse once you got to Paragon because oh, yeah. there were mm -hmm. a zillion Paragon points. Oh, yeah, there are so many. You, plus your Paragon tiles and you have you can orient your Paragon tiles. So did you yeah, rotate it this way or did you rotate it that way? And yeah, it's, there's there's a lot to the I Paragon. mean, Paragon boards are kind of a twisty maze that you're going through to get specific glyph slots and and different things. So man, respecting Paragon is painful. painful. So if, so if, if you this can use works this, for that, yeah, then it's great. Yes, yeah, I will be very happy. I hope it does. Uh, Joe, anything you want to add? Nope. Okay. The next thing we can talk about with Diablo 4, then the season three, is your little glowing robot friend, as I like to call it, or the uh, Seneschal companion. That's the, the what they're calling on the video the power chase. Uh, it's similar to a bar borrowed power system, really, because you're only going to yeah. have it for the season. Every every season has its new power, uh, you know, its new borrowed power system. That's yeah, it's, kind new, of the it's new mechanic, yeah. And this one is interesting partially because it starts off relatively easy to understand. Like, compared to Vampiric Blood, this thing is a joy. Like, I didn't... And Vampiric Blood was a pretty big improvement on the season of Malignant's uh, Malignant Heart system, which was like, first you gotta get a heart, then you gotta take the heart somewhere, and then you gotta use it to summon monsters that you then have to kill to rip a better heart out of one of them. Then you gotta put the heart in a ring. It's like, what? What is happening? This is a lot except, of to work. Except I have to say the malignant heart system sounded complicated. But when you got right down to it, it's like, oh, monsters will randomly drop a heart. And then I click on the heart to summon another monster. And then I kill that monster. It really fit, fits very well into the Diablo 4 cycle of I see a thing and I kill it. Yeah. Oh, there's a still, thing I can click. I click it. Oh, there's another thing explain, I can kill. Though. It's you, hard you to explain, that. but it was like. You find a thing, kill a thing. You go, go get a shiny ring. I, yeah. I don't know. I I find the the Seneschal companion to be a lot easier, in my opinion. Not just to explain, but actually, really. Well, just because really? all you all you do is kill stuff. They drop the gemstone fragments. Um, you make those into gems. You go kill other things. They give you the 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 various stones you need to improve it. And meanwhile, you just slap one power in and a couple of things to modify it, and boom, you're golden. 
you're off off to the races. Um, I really I mean, like. That's why I skipped. I skipped the uh, the seasonal. I skipped the normal campaign to just jump straight mm-hmm. into the season because yeah. I wanted to get my robot right away. And he proved handy almost immediately because some of the fights they were throwing me in as a fresh level uh, eight were like, I'm gonna die. And then my little robot companion was like, Not while I'm throwing lightning at everything. And I was like, All right, little robot guy. All right, I like you. I mean, one of the things I think is interesting about our new robot friend is there's a depth to the system. So I kind of, I kind of feel like it isn't simple at all. Maybe it's one of those classic Blizzard, easy to learn, difficult to master systems. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Because, uh, so your Seneschal companion basically is another talent tree. You can give him different abilities and modify those abilities in different ways. And so you kind of want to make him to where he complements your spec. He complements how you're, how you want to play. There are governing stones, which give the Seneschal different abilities, different uh, skills. And there are 12 governing stones, and you can have two equipped at any one time. So your Seneschal has two skills. You pick the skills based on the governing stones you found. Then there are tuning stones. You can apply three tuning stones to each governing stone you have equipped to change their effects. Like maybe they target more things. Or, okay, that's actually the only one I can think of off the top of my head. Um, but so you have, you pick your skills and then Just you pick you how idea. your well, skills are modified. Just to give you an idea, I've got the uh, two of them equipped on this character, so I'll read what they do. There's Mockery Support, which is a rare tuning stone that that makes the damage done by the supporting skill Mm -hmm. taunts enemies hit for 2.2 seconds. This can only occur once every 15 seconds per enemy. Does not work on bosses. And then there's uh, Electrocution Support, which is 80% of the supposed skill's damage dealt is applied as lightning damage over 5 seconds and has a 6% chance to stun enemies for 2 seconds. Those are the two I currently have equipped because that's the only ones I've found so far. But it's like um, yeah, but so that's the kind of thing they do. They 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 can increase a, an attack's damage. They can increase its threat. It depends on what do you want the attack to do. That's what the tuning stones are for. 
Yeah. So there's a lot of depth here. You could, you have such a broad variety of skills and a broad variety of different modifiers for those skills. So I, what I find so interesting about this is the way it's flexible and whatever class you are, whatever play style you have, there's something you can find here that's going to fit with how you want to play and you can modify it to fit how you want to play. So I, yeah. I really like it. I haven't gotten very far in the season yet, but I, I like this new mechanic. Yeah. What I like about it is how it unfolds a bit. Um, mm-hmm. The vampiric powers did too, but they, I always felt like, I don't know what to do here. Guys. The vampiric, so, the vampiric powers in season two were very front loaded. Mm-hmm, like yeah. you jumped in and you immediately had, okay, there are like a hundred different vampiric powers weren't actually a hundred, but I'm, um, it felt like it. There are all these vampiric powers and you've got to level them all up and you got to pick five of them and you have to have the right uh, sockets on your gear to use them. And if you, change the vampiric power you have equipped you might have to change the things you have on your armor and there's mm-hmm. this item that lets you change things or add things to your armor so that you can use like there's a lot of complexity and, and it's um, right away it's as soon as you it's get right it. away it was all like you log in and all of this is in front of you and yeah with the seneschal it's sort of rolled out a little more slowly you get your seneschal you get a governing stone you find some tuning stones you know it's not just ah everything all at once yeah it's not john maddening mm-hmm. that's a classic but yeah okay um i've been talking a lot uh is there anything particularly you, you want to talk about this anything about diablo 4's uh, season that you've immediately noticed and wanted people to know about um, the, the, now you put me on the spot. Well, one of the, one of the things, uh, is of course the story of the season. Do we want to talk a little about that, about our friend Zoltan Cool? Yeah. Uh, um, I, it's unfortunate Joe hasn't been playing yet, uh, just because he won't have gotten to see any of this yet. Uh, you want, want me to start outlaying it and then you can jump in? Uh, yeah, you, you go for it. Okay. Um, the the whole thing starts off with like you're in uh, I think um, Gedbard. Is and it, it's, let it's, me. What is it? It's not Gedbardu because that's where I am now, but it's not there. Uh, it's down in uh, uh, down in um, Golkia. Thank you, thank you. Yes, uh, and, I I do want to I do want to jump in and say I don't think we're giving you any big story spoilers here because this is this is kind of the stuff that was laid out in the campfire chat that they that they gave us yeah. the other day in the trailer for the season. Plus, it's like immediate upon starting. Um, mm-hmm. you get there, there's some villagers who went out to find this rift because an old man told them to, and, you know, as soon as an old man tells you to do something in Diablo four, immediately go do it. Don't, don't think about it for even a second. Cause it's going to work out great. It's going to work out great. It's certainly not going to end up with you ripping your own arm off to run away into the desert. Cause you're possessed by a demon. That's not going to happen except it mm-hmm. totally does. Uh, so your it character. Is- you know, this ahead. is sanctuary, and if something yeah. bad can happen to you, it's probably going to happen. Yeah. As somebody pointed out to me today, uh, self-preservation in, in Diablo 4 would be like, self, why would I need the demons? Will, <laughs> the demons will just eat me. They don't need to preserve me. I'm not. They're not going to keep me as jerky, I don't think. Uh, so it's similar to that. Anyway, you run into the desert. You find the rift that they were talking about. You head on down there. It's crawling with, with robots that want to kill you. Um I mean, it's it's new that they're robots. It's not new that things want to kill you. It's Diablo 4. Everything wants to kill you all the time. Uh, you fight your way through, 
And after a boss fight with a, with a possessed person, he unpossesses, which is neat. I didn't know I could just hit people until they stopped having demons in them. Previously, sure. I've had to go through some really elaborate yeah. rituals, but no, this time I guess going to punch just, this guy. You're just going to knock the demon out of their head. That yeah. totally works. Uh, he's like, hey, my name's Ayujad. I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, he says it, and I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, I'm Ayujad. Me and my friend were building this magical thing called the loom. I'm going to go find him. He'll, he'll help us get this thing all straightened out. Uh, you run to find his friend. It turns out his friend was Zoltan cool. And Zoltan yes. apparently took the advantage of a nap that this guy took <laughs> to blow the whole place up and run away. And there's even, even leaves a note going, well, since we couldn't agree, I've destroyed the loom and buried it underneath tons of rubble and wiped all the, the runes. It will take you your entire lifetime to fix it. Please give this up and come join the Haradrim with me. Uh, Zol your buddy Zoltan. <laughs> and, you know, cause, cause Zoltan cool. He, he, he is nothing if not willing to just make the decision for everybody. Um, this guy is then very mad. Uh, he's like, you know, I can't believe he did this. And then he looks in a mirror and goes, wait a minute, why am I so old? And it turns <laughs> out that the whole reason that the demon possessed him was to use him over the course of the lifetime it would take to repair the loom to repair the loom. So he's been down here fixing this loom thing forever. Like, you know, he, he see when he sees what you are, like, I don't know what he says to necromancers, but he sees that I'm a barbarian. He's like, ah, you're one of the children of Bulkathos. I've always wanted to go up and see the world stone for myself. I hear that it's, you know, lovely. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, about that. About that. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's oh. a quick and dirty. But then from there, you're sent off to go to other vaults of this loom system to find out what the demon is doing uh, and what's going on in the world. Like what, what is this whole deal about? And you're, you know, you're a little companion robot buddy with you. Um, but basically what this comes down to is two, two mage dudes who young, relatively young when they did it, built this ridiculously powerful arcane forge for lack of a better word that makes robots and the robots can do whatever you tell them to do. Basically they're, they're elemental powered robot thingies, but unfortunately there's a demon possessing everything. So now you kind of have to figure out how to wreck it up. And the robot is there to help you. And this guy, Ayushad, is there to basically serve as your kind of quest guy. And what's really fascinating is they've put um, a, a waypoint and a hub right there inside the loom. So you don't even have to, like, you could theoretically just go there directly. That could be your center for everything you do could be this place. You don't even have to, like, hang out in a city. I think you probably want to because I don't think they have any crafting stuff. Maybe they will later. I don't know about that. But um, that's all I've seen so far. That's the story up to now. Uh, in terms of the story, I find it, I like it. I think it's a little, it's, it's a less pressure upfront one. Like, I'm mm. sure this is all world ending when you get to a certain point, but it doesn't lead up with it like the vampire one does, which is, you know, mm. a perfectly good intro. I like the intro quest for, the, for season two quite a bit. But season three's intro is f a little funnier. Like it's gross humor. It's kind of like uh, the old Peter Jackson movies where he would like, you know, like, uh, oh, what the heck? The one where the priest says, I, I kick bleep for the Lord. Joe, do you remember the movie? I, I don't. Okay. Um, Either way. Regardless, regardless it's, it, it has a kind of gory but still funny sensibility. Like when the people who are possessed run off into the desert, one of them leaves his arm behind. And you're mm -hmm. like, okay, I, I, that arm is still moving. If I were you guys, I would burn that arm. Uh, but it, it's it's. Kind of that it's the you know Ayush, the Ayushan, I think his name's Ayushan. Oh god, I can't remember how they pronounce it. It's gonna drive me nuts. 
but he's like, he's kind of funny. Like he, he's angry about what Zoltan did, but he's also kind of funny about it. And what's really funny is that Zoltan is voiced again by Steve Bloom, who voiced him in Diablo three. And, and also voices a, a pretty major character in Diablo four. Yeah. He also voices, I'm just gonna tell people he voices Mephisto in, uh, in Diablo four. And it's weird because he's doing the Zoltan voice again, but he's, actually sounds sincere in the note. So instead of his wildly over-the-top maniacal I'm Starscream in Diablo voice, he's using it to do like, I hope you I hope you join the Haradrim with me, my friend, and if not, live well, your friend Zoltan. And I'm like, your friend Zoltan. Like it feels like an like an advice column from Zoltan <laughs> Cool. It's a bad idea to make don't do it. Just don't do it. Your friend Zoltan. I hope you abandon this, your friends. It's like just do do do. The, the more you know, the more you do it, Sultan. Well, you so, know, yeah. Sultan Cool is everybody's buddy. He's yeah. been our best friend for a while. He never lies. He never lies to you. Sultan Cool, you interact with Sultan Cool. It's, he will never lie to you. He will do evil things, but he will never lie about it. That's Which, fair. You know, you know. The interesting thing is, Mephisto was the same way. He like twists things to serve him, but he does not. He does not lie to you at any point. Oh. That's the other guy. I, I don't. That's not my gig. I don't lie. I don't have to lie to you. I can get you to do what I want based on the things you hate. Uh, but regardless, yeah, it, it's an interesting story. I kind of, I feel like it's better than the season of the malignant storyline. I, don't I mean, have, the season of the malignant storyline was not much of a storyline. It was yeah. very disappointing. I feel like this one's better, but I don't. I'm not going to say it's better than the vampire one yet because the vampire one was pretty fleshed out and yeah. pretty interesting. Uh, whereas this this one, I have only gotten to see a little tiny bit of it, so I'm not going to go around trying to say it's better than that one. Uh, of course, there are also, you mentioned this, there are vaults mm-hmm, here mm-hmm. that are uh, kind of powerful robot-making places. I'm not sure if they're parts of the loom, but there are vaults well, you can explore. These are... Yeah, he says that he says that one, that he when you're going to the first one, he says that they're essentially like uh, tied into the loom like mm-hmm. subsidiary type things, basically like the one he first sends you to, which is the only one I've heard about so far. I know there's more. Uh, the one he sends you to first is the vault of copper. And that's the one where they were originally essentially making all the constructs. Mm-hmm. And so he's sending you there because if this demon has got control of it, he can make himself a construct army, which would probably not be great. I mean, all things considered, the worst thing about demons is they already have vast numbers. Imagine if they also had vast numbers of robots to throw at you first. Uh, you know, not great. So let's go find out about that. So yeah, that I think they are intended to be part of the loom, kind of like mm-hmm. to service it, for lack of a better word. You know, it draws mm. it draws robots from one, it draws raw materials from another. But I again only seen only talked about the one so far. Um, but these are kind of your new dungeons, and mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. seem very uh, trap oriented, which I'm I'm not super keen on. Being that yeah. dodging is my worst enemy, and it looks like there's a lot of dodging coming my way in these, so I'm not sure how good I'll be at vaults. But it's an interesting idea that's a little different than other dungeons because yeah. you're 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 trying to avoid traps and things of that nature. Uh, it kind of feels like Torghast. It it kind of does feel a little bit like it's inspired by by games like Tor- like the Torghast thing or games like Dead Cells or Hades. I mean, not quite, um, but there certainly is some inspiration in there. D- I feel a real strong Dead Cells inspiration from this. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It, when Joe gets to play it, I'd love to hear what he thinks because he's he's way more into Dead Cells than even I am. I, I certainly think mm-hmm. Dead Cells is very good. But I think Joe, you've played it like a lot, right? Yeah, I think I'm like 400 hours, something like that. 
So yeah, Dead Cells ah. is definitely. I think it, it's the best possible um, comparison. comparison. Yeah, but I, I definitely think they're going somewhere different. But I also think that they have definitely been inspired by that. Um, what I do find interesting about the traps so far is that there are ways to get around them, but you have to like learn their rhythm and timing. Mm. The first time I was doing one, I was getting absolutely charbroiled. Uh, and I had to actually alter my spec, which is where my first respec came in, uh, to oh. get iron skin so I could get a self-heal. Because mm-hmm. barbarians are not loaded with self heals, uh, but but with iron skin I could get a damage shield and a self heal. That meant I could get through them and not not die immediately. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's one point where I was moving through a room and my wife was watching me play because I'm like, okay, I can't. I, my computer is completely borked and I have to get it to work again. But in the meantime, I can still play this on on my my TV. Uh, so I was playing it on my console, and my wife's like, that room's a little busy. Because as you walk in, there's literally like these things are shooting flames up into the air, and there's these spots on the ground. There are these flaming things, and it's like, yeah, yeah, this is this is definitely like you know, kind of like a really bad episode of House Hunters right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, they they are get aroundable. I will say, as somebody who also hates traps on the ground, mm. um, but I I did I I'm so far I'm enjoying the season. I I got to level ten in like an hour. Like it, it yeah. took no time. I, I was like, yeah, I, I'm the only I mean, reason I haven't gotten further was literally I had to stop and, and work <laughs> once my computer was working again. So yeah, uh, I, I mean, they sped up leveling a lot in season two and they're, they've kept it the same. They haven't added any new speed boosts that I'm aware of, but leveling is pretty fast, particularly in these low levels. You can really, you can zoom, zoom. Yeah. Well, and plus, I mean, the, the hellfire, the, the hell tides are still, going like they they've basically replaced the vampire events from a season two with just permanent hell tides you can practically find uh, the hell tide constantly can't you yes you can um so yeah last season you had the blood harvests that were just non-stop you could always go and do a blood harvest they rotated where they were but you could always go do a blood harvest and murder a lot of vampires and get a lot of loot blood harvest was really a crazy loot pinata where you just hit vampires and like legendaries fell out it was it was pretty great. It was pretty great. And uh, so now they've changed hell tides to where hell tides are going to be similar. They're uh, they're going to rotate through zones, but there's no there's only five minutes of downtime between hell tides. So it'll be you'll have a hell tide in this zone, then you got a five minute break, and then there's a hell tide in another zone. So you could just constantly go hell tide to hell tide if you wanted to. I think it's a pretty good. I think it's a pretty good change because it it gives you something to always do. Mm-hmm. And you never have to be like log on and think, hey, I want to do some hell tides. And then it's like, oh, wait, the next hell tides in an hour. I guess I'll log off. And then you forget yeah. that you were going to do a hell tide. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
if, you, if that's, that's the style you want, yeah. If it's the style you want, it's always available. And it makes sense because it's like, if you like leveling in dungeons, those are always there. Why shouldn't the Helltide mm-hmm. always be available somewhere? Yeah. So Though uh, the Helltides aren't the same level of loot pinata as Blood Harvest, and they aren't, uh, I don't think Helltides are available immediately. I think you've got to unlock World Tier 3, and that's when you're going to find your first Helltides, or World Tier 2. No, yeah, 3. I- it's got to be yeah. three because I'm into right now. And yeah. I'm not getting it. But so, I think that's uh, around level 40, I think. Yeah, I mean, technically, I think the Capstone Dungeon is 50, but I've certainly done it much earlier. That makes sense. Um, yeah. But so that's that's actually very cool. I can't think of anything else right off the top of my head. I know well, there is more. Go ahead. There's more uniques. There, they added a way ton of those. Uh, yeah, there's more... There's all sorts of new content. There's some class balance changes. But what I was actually wanting to mention, which... You didn't mention it in your email, and then I forgot to mention it in my email mm-hmm. <laughs> because we're we're such great professional podcast planners. It's been it's a week. The gauntlet. Yeah. Oh, right, the gauntlet. Yeah, that is in uh, fact the a gauntlet. Huge is uh, Diablo 4's leaderboard system, and it's coming in a few weeks. I don't believe they've given us a specific date on it, no, but they they've said it'll come a few weeks into the season, just so we don't all have to rush to level 100 today so we can compete in the gauntlet tomorrow. Um, I mean, it's it's feels a lot like Challenge Rifts from Diablo 3 to me. What do you think yeah. of that? I think it does have a certain aspect of Challenge Rifts to it. Although, Challenge Rifts, um, didn't they used to make you pick, like, a go with the cast that they had? Like, yeah, I, yeah. You, you had a specific kind of character and a specific yeah. build and a specific thing, yeah. and then you would ch- uh, go through the Challenge Rift to see how well you could do and beat the time. Yeah, this isn't doing that part, but it is doing the part where you have to go through and beat the time uh, to get yourself on the leaderboard. And in a specific dungeon. It's the same dungeon for everyone every week. And everyone's competing to see who can get the best score in this dungeon. And there are, of course, leaderboards, leaderboards for every class. There were leaderboards for every party size. Uh, and so you're all you're all fighting for a place on the leaderboards. Yeah, it's it's not too dissimilar to for anybody who's played Diablo's two through four, through two four. You know the basic ideas of how it works, uh, even if it isn't quite the same. It's still basically the idea of you know you're competing to, to get the best time to, to get the fastest clear, uh, so that you can get on the leaderboard, and then somebody is trying to beat your time so they can get on it. It's it's not complicated. It's what makes it different this time is again you're they've got different ones for different size groups uh so you can be like soloing or you could have a group of three friends that you do it with or anything in between i think that it goes up to like four right uh, i thought it was four but i'm not sure i don't think they have like a raid yeah, one i mean i i i think that's your maximum party size yeah yeah i mean you can do raids but you know those are basically like outside world boss things where just everybody shows yeah, up they're not, it. it's not the that's same. not a no, that's not like a party party. Yeah. So it's it's based on party size again, that like we said, but I think what's cool about it is that you could you could theoretically do it all by yourself. You could do all of this stuff, you could get on the, the single player leaderboards and just pursue that if you wanted to do it like that way. Or if you and a friend always play together, you can do two player or what have you. However you normally play the game is you can approach the gauntlet in that way, which I think is is pretty cool. I'm interested in seeing how they actually play out because there are certain dungeons that I think really don't favor certain classes. Hmm. Um, like I, any low movement class, and I mean, it seems weird to say low movement because we have all these various tricks, but some classes are way better at it than others. Um, some classes are going to like skate through some of these dungeons and some classes are going to be like, oh my God, I have literally everything punching me in the face. Uh, so 
I'm waiting to see which ones become the, ooh, I want to do that one versus which ones become the, oh man, I can't believe it's that. Because that happens every time I've seen any game that has anything even remotely like this, whether it's Mythic Plus Dungeons or what have you, there's always the ones that are like, you know, people are super excited because they think that they can get through them really fast. And the ones where people are like, oh my God, I can't believe we got to do Oculus. So <laughs> we'll see what we end up with in that in that regard. But is that it for Diablo 4? I think so. I'm sure we're forgetting some things. Well, yep. you know, let me let me stop and ask, what class are you playing this this uh, season, Matt? <laughs> um, I can't even bring myself to try and sarcastically lie. It's barbarian, of course, it's barbarian. <laughs> what would it's it be? Always I mean, barbarian. I, I I just thought I'd see. I just had to ask. We have to check in, see what's going on. I mean, this sounds like if you're going to play a character this season, it's Barbarian's kind of top of the list right now because they, one of the yeah. big uh, one of the big changes uh, in the patch notes was charge is getting like a thousand times more damage. Maybe, yeah, charge, maybe I'm charge exaggerating. Got, charge got a buff. I don't. It didn't get a thousand percent buff, but it did get a buff. Um, it's like it, a buff that added several zeros to the end of its previous damage number. But its previous damage number was like two. So <laughs> there's a reason it got a buff. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. Charge did get looked at. I'm not using charges right now, but I am considering <sighs> switching to it. Cause I, mm. I just, one of the things is yes, charges damage is better, but leap is better. If you want to control where you go mm -hmm. charges, charges, I point my character in a random direction and go, but if I need to leap out of something quickly, I prefer leap because then I can just, I can hit the button while point putting my mouse somewhere and boom, I'm over there now. Um, and so there's a lot of utility to it. But charge, yeah, absolutely charge has got some some buffs. I think in general, they made barbarians do a bit more damage and made them a mm -hmm. bit tankier overall mm -hmm. while still nerfing some stuff. Um, but I mean, some classes didn't get anything like a buff. Uh, so I understand some people being upset. I think druids are kind of having it rough at the moment. Uh, the, the overpower nerfs, I think, hurt druids. Yeah, because uh, most I mean, druid builds are always, always about overpower. <laughs> But they have gotten buffs and other other things. So it's just, I think it's going to change the meta for druids. You're going to see yeah. different kinds of druids builds working this season. Um, I am, of course, playing a necromancer again. And uh, yeah, see, see, join, join the dark side with us. They do the same class over and over again, group. You know you want to. <laughs> I know. I, I hear all these people like, which class am I going to play this season? I need to do something different. And I think, which class am I going to play this season? I'm going to play the old familiar necromancer and maybe I'll play a different kind of necromancer this season. Yeah, um, maybe I'll get ex exotic and this time I'll go with a, like a, a, you know, an army of the, like a total, all the zombies all the listen, time. Listen, my decision on what class I play in Diablo was decided June 27th, 2001. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I can't say boy. I'm arguing with you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, Mine wasn't decided that far back because I I'm an Amazon at heart, but they don't I have Amazon. Currently, so, yeah, exactly. I can't play an Amazon, so I'm I'm a necromancer at heart now. However, when Possibly. we eventually go to the Scovos Isles and we get to unlock uh, maybe some Amazon or Amazon adjacent thing, Liz will be mm -hmm, back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yes, it's very likely. It's very likely. I want to stab things with spears. That was just very satisfying. You stab things. Every class gets an Amazon specialization. <laughs> so you've got the Necro Amazon. They stab you with a spear made out of the bones of the people they've killed. And it was just so satisfying being an Amazon. You like had your javelins and okay, 
You stab people with javelins. But wait, that person is really far away. I'm just going to throw my javelin at them, and it's going to leave a cloud of poison behind it that fills up my entire screen and kills everyone who walks into it. It was great. It was very satisfying. You can stab things or you can throw things. Both of those are satisfying things to do. But now I can only be a necromancer with a dozen skeleton friends to keep me company. But they're not really great conversationalists, so... Yeah, in, in their <sighs> defense, although I saw somebody say something absolutely terrifying today talking about that. He goes, you know, secretly, uh, you're, you, know, the, you know how the dead can find, you know, skeletons can find things to kill even though they don't have any sort of sensory apparatus? It's because the skeletons hmm. of the things they're trying to kill are communicating with them skeletopathically. <laughs> I don't know who I stole that joke from. I apologize, person, who I stole it from. But regardless, uh, yeah. The idea that your skeleton is like a traitor that just wants to get out of the flesh trap that you are and is desperately trying to get other skeletons to kill you. Man, I can see I can see necromancers totally, you know, using that to their own advantage. Like maybe like a spell where they just pull someone's skeleton out of them. Hmm. I mean, there are there are a lot of skeleton things, but mostly it's like hitting things with bones. Or yeah, you know yeah. what they'll call it? Like going the surgical extraction route and having a skeleton just get ripped out of something would be really rad. Yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it'd be an interesting new way. Like the, it's like you know, shuck your mortal your mortal foulness, and you know the thing goes, and the skeleton walks out of the dead person's body. You know, the ruins. Listen, dead at the end of the day, we're all recruits for the skeleton war. It's just a matter of time. Hmm. Yeah, you make a good point. <laughs> uh, this got this got creepy fast um so yeah, anyway diablo 4 uh season three so far uh at least for me a thumbs up i'm having fun um, thumbs I, up yeah joe hasn't gotten to play it yet so once once he does he'll let you guys know what he thinks i i've um, i've got so many games on the horizon it's, oh, yeah, it's gonna be a while before i come That's back the problem there are so yeah. many games like i'm, I'm gonna oh, be yeah. honest like the next time i touch diablo 4 is probably gonna be when the expansion comes out mm -hmm. yeah we'll see I might just, you know, bug you until you do. But in the meantime, we have other stuff to talk about. Uh, example uh, number one, Season of Discovery for WoW Classic is next week, I want to say. it's No, not, it's not. Wait, see, it's two, two weeks from now. It's February 8th, uh, and we're about a week into the, till the end of January. So then there'll be eight days, and then you'll have that. But that's coming. That's the one with the level uh, 25 to 40 content. Uh, Nomergon mm -hmm. is the raid. New... Um, I want to call them runes. What, what do you call the things that, that change powers around? The runes. Okay. The new runes that are coming in will be coming in. Um, I, I finally started my season of discovery character. Um, I only got him to like level four and then I haven't been back because just, you know, so many other things to play as Joe pointed out earlier, but I, I am trying really hard to get in this because I'm really excited for Normorgon as a raid. I want to see Normorgon as a raid. It, it's such a, big dungeon it always mm -hmm. felt like it should be a raid quite frankly agreed 100 percent agreed uh liz were you gonna say something i'm sorry i've i've tried to play season of discovery and it's nothing against season of discovery but there's so much i need to do there's so many games i want to play diablo i it's such a list it's a long list of things yeah so it's it's hard to make room for season of discovery even though it sounds really amazing and yeah, no more gone, except now I'm like level 10 in Season of Discovery, and I'm yeah. way behind and have to catch up if I want to do no more gone, and also I want to play Diablo, and also Joe and I have been trying to kill Firek, which means we're currently kind yeah. of trying to kill Smolderon, because after killing him once, we have not successfully killed we have him ki again. That is not correct. We have killed him twice. Oh. 
Twice. Okay, so it's like the third time is not the charm here. Uh, man. Solder on to me looks like one of those fights that feels like it would be. You think you you get it down and it'll just click and you'll do it easily but listen it doesn't. there there's a whole rant brewing that we don't have enough time for for me to go on about smolder on in the disappointment box so trust me next I mean, next week <laughs> smolder on is like it's you're in an orange room and there are orange things you have to there are orange circles that you have to spread and then there's an orange circle you have to I, stand in and I'm then there are to, orange circles. i'm about to start experimenting rays. with color colorblind modes to see if I can get something with uh, more yes. contrast, right? Yeah. Orange room, orange circles that are bad, orange circles that are good, orange beams that are bad, orange rings that you have to jump in and out of. At the right all time. All on an orange floor. Yeah, at the right time. And it's so it's I don't know why Blizzard does this. They create things that are all the same color, all layered on top of each other, and so many of them are happening at once that it's so visually busy. It's hard to keep on top of it. And for people with any kind of visual difficulties, I imagine this is really hard. It's really hard for me. And I can mostly see pretty okay. It's it's crazy making. Ah. Yeah, I, I one of the biggest problems I had as my eyesight worsened was certain fights in WoW just... Mm-hmm. Like Darumu, where there's no color variation. It's like what? Um, it's just purple everything. What was the fight in um, Battle for Azeroth when we were going after Nazoth? It was the the anger of Nazoth, the one, the one that was like he was in the side of the mountain. Oh, yeah, guess. the big the big Gucci thing that you had to basically crack open the carapace to get to kill him. Yeah, so it's like a- that that I couldn't do without getting a migraine because of the visual effects. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. All I'm gonna say is, thank God they didn't put the orange uh, room on a train, or because I'd just be done. I would not be able to even look at it. Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, that's that's coming on the eighth. So if you're into WoW Classic, you can totally jump in there and, and see that. Don't have to. Can't make you. You you do what you what you want to do. Um. <sighs> I, I I the worst part. Um. Oh, we didn't mention Wazid. We didn't mention that you can move with a WASD in, in Diablo 4 now. Because okay. I think that's yeah. a big deal. We should have mentioned that. I'm that sorry. That is a big deal. Uh, I apologize, guys. You can, you don't have to mouse click everywhere. You can use WASD to move your character if that's what you want to do. Um, I don't want to do that. Uh, but but if you do, you totally can. And I think that's great. I think more um, ways to do this kind of stuff is better, always. I, I have a question for both of y'all. How do you pronounce WASD? Well, I pronounce it WASD because I'm... I'm weird. <laughs> I don't know. What about you, Joe? I only say W W A S D. Oh, see, I I'd go wazd too. Yeah, I, I I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I, it's, it looks enough like a word that yeah. I just go eh, wazd. It, it's <laughs> S is not usually a letter you have in front of another letter like that in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. it you know it's there. I, I, if it was W A R D, I'd say ward. So why not say wazd? You know, it's it's <laughs> just how my brain works. Um, but, uh, we didn't mention this because we haven't really talked much about it. Uh, season three of Warcraft Rumble just started. Um, mm-hmm. and now you get to fight Emperor Tharazan. Is he, no, he's in you there get now? To, you get to be Emperor Tharazan. You can recruit him as a leader. And, uh, unsurprisingly, he has a lot of ways to set other people on fire. That's kind of, you know, fire is kind of a, that's a thing going on. Yeah, I, w- I would imagine, you know, yeah. dude, um, dude um, you know, used to work with Ragnaros. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, does yeah. he also have Iron Foe? Do you know if he has Iron Foe? 
Uh, let me, I just pulled up his abilities. Uh, no, it does not look like it. He has. He never had it when I killed him either. <laughs> he has, um, so he's a Blackrock leader. Shouldn't be surprising. He's the third Blackrock leader in the game. And it kind of makes sense that they've added him because all of the other minion classes have uh, three leaders and Blackrock only had two. So now you've got Therisian and uh, he has his abilities are Lava Spike, which is, uh, you know, throwing lava around essentially summoning these magma pillars on enemies that burn them and fiery weapon which makes allies apply burn when dealing damage and uh he i it's it's all about burning i have not had a chance to go in recruit him and play with therisian but yes i mean it's interesting i actually blackrock has been my favorite uh, kind of category of minions because they they feel very powerful to me. Maybe that's just me, but so uh, yes, season three is here. You can go and get Therisian and play that. There's some new PvP changes that um, change it up. Previously, you would do PvP and it was like one map for an entire season, which felt a little felt like it would get a little stale. <laughs> Uh, but now you have the the maps are random now, so you can show up and play on whatever it is. And there are different enchants, they call them, that modify how the map is played. So you might have one that makes towers deal more damage, or you might have one where leaders level up every time they've played. So you get some interesting, more random effects. I think it sounds more interesting, more engaging. It'll be different every time instead of when you go in every time and you're on the same map and you're fighting someone new, but it's like, oh, I've done this 20 times already. Come on. So nah, I, I think they're good changes, but overall I'm a little tired of Warcraft Rumble because it's you play and then you keep playing and you keep playing and also you keep playing and you're just trying to level up all of your minis to infinity. It takes so long to to get anywhere. I don't know. I I think it's really fun, but I'm I'm a little burned out on it. Are either of y'all playing Rumble? I am not because I do not not currently have a phone that can run it. Mm. Uh, I am not because uh, I got too caught up in the whole. Oh look, I can uh, print the minis from the game instead, so I can do the. I can just play Rumble in real life. <laughs> See, now, at uh, some point, someone's going to do this. Someone's going to print up a whole bunch of them and actually just start doing that. So People have been using them for uh, a game called One Page Rules. Uh, they've been using them as their footmen and stuff like that in in that game and Frostgrave locally at my shop. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. They're, the minis look so cool. So it has such a great aesthetic with how the minis are designed, how the art is, and they are really, they really beg to be 3D printed. And Blizzard has even released some of the 3D printed files for some of them. And a lot it's, of them. It's really cool. Yeah. And they even send you an email, or at least they send me an email. Maybe they've noticed I've downloaded a whole bunch of them. Um, <laughs> but I get an email every time they put new ones up. So. All right. Um, I do want to quickly move on to some other stuff before we um, possibly get to some emails. Uh Right now, the Grim Campfire from, from the uh, Twitch drops, that's finally actually in the game. It was put, went in today. Uh, it's, it's available. You can get yourself your Grim Campfire. Watch some uh, World of Warcraft content on Twitch, and you got yourself the Grim Campfire, which I feel like is the undead version of Basic Campfire. 
Uh, and as we all know, Basic Campire is the true war chief of the Horde. So this would, I guess, the, mm. be the true Lich King. Uh, mm. Regardless, you know, Grim Campfire in game now. If you want to have a campfire with skulls in it, I, I don't mean why wouldn't you? Skulls, skulls make everything better. Just look at Orgrimmar. Put skulls up, you know, things festive now. Uh, so yeah, that's happening. The Amazon finds. Well, oh, go ahead. We were just talking about necromancy. So mm-hmm. I mean, more skulls. More skulls is clearly better. I mean, I, I'm never going to forget the uh, the thing they said on the Diablo Five stream the uh, back last month, where they were like, Diablo, you know, the, yeah, yeah, Diablo are, Four. Are, sorry, are Diablo you, Four. Are you living in the future? I just need yes. to check. <laughs> no, I am not. I'm living okay. in this hellscape that we live in. Uh, oh, but wow. Diablo Four, uh, they basically pointed out that you know, for their winter festival, they had just festooned. Uh, you know the the town with skulls because that's what you do. You just cover everything. It's like bedazzling things with skulls, just like in Diablo Two, <laughs> where we bedazzled ourselves with skulls. You know, we skulls work for gems. We it's a thing. So yeah, I'm totally up for you for that. Um, <clears throat> we have some Amazon Prime stuff. The Swift Windsteed is still available. That's one that's been available this whole time uh, for World of Warcraft. It's available until January 30th. Um, however, uh, Amazon has also got the Really cool Rosewood Moria skin for Overwatch 2 until February 15th. Uh, have you guys seen this thing? Yep. No. It's really what? nice. It's I have really redeemed it. It will be the yeah. skin that I use the next time I play Moria. It's got this cool nice. like black rose thing going on. It's really neat. Um, Hearthstone's doing their usual, you know, hey, get a, get a good card. Uh, yeah. That's until February 14th. Nothing, there's almost, there's well, almost always one of those for Hearthstone for yeah. something or other. And so that's basically it, though. There's nothing for Diablo right now. Um, there, okay. There actually is something for Diablo, but it's a, a support a streamer thing. Oh, okay, the support a streamer thing. So where yeah, you have to, different. where you have to donate subs to a streamer. So it's there, but it's not just an easy watch things on Twitch. That lets you or, earn the aura or a calcum or a calcum mount. Yeah, I have or, or I have no. <laughs> Some people pronounce uh, yeah. it oracalcium, but it's oracalcum. So uh, you, that may, I may or may not have pronounced that right. I hope you enjoyed hearing me attempt to pronounce an unfamiliar word. Um, yeah, but that is available today through February 26th. Uh, you must gift or buy two Twitch subscriptions of any tier to any streamer in the Diablo 4 category, earning you the oracalcum speckled mare mount. And uh, it's, uh, I, I mean, it's its a horse with kind of some white markings on it. I i do not currently think, I do not personally think this is the most exciting or special mount in the game. I, I don't know. What do y'all think? Are y'all going to go out there and support a streamer to get this? No, no. I'm angry because you said it has white spots and it should have kind of reddish gold spots. Because our calcum is well, a reddish gold color. So now I'm angry. I, One of of the things I dislike about the mounts in Diablo 4, a lot of them, they look like they are badly abused creatures. Yeah. You know, like they have things carved into them. This looks like it has like something tattooed on it. So there are just a lot of mounts in Diablo 4 that I'm like, I cannot use this mount. This looks like a very horribly abused horse. I have my horse. It has bone armor. I'm good. I'm done. Like I've that I'm, I'm good with Diablo 4 mounts at this point. Yeah, it's like, okay, I have a horse, and it's a horse. It looks like a well-cared-for horse. It's a healthy, happy horse, and it's going to be, like, the only healthy, happy horse in this game, and it's mine. And look so at your horse. Just, your horse is amazing. 
<laughs> don't, don't lick it. Don't give it a lick. Do not do it. Don't but it do like it. Raisins. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't taste like raisins, Joe. Uh, raisins anyway, are a there, lie. There is a Diablo Four thing. It's just. Uh, it's kind of been weirdly underpublicized because they've done a big streaming thing, a Twitch drop or something, every time they've rolled out a new season. But this time, it's just this uh, support a streamer thing. And they really haven't talked about it a lot, but it's there. It's there if you want this horse. But uh, I think at this point, we're going to try and move on and, and do a couple of uh, emails. We didn't even talk about patch 10.2.5, right? No, we... I mean, we, we, we... We did cover it last week, there, really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we talked about it last week. Do we need to talk? Is there nah. anything exciting and new that you want to talk about? Plus, we've got maybe 10 minutes to the end of the show. I mean, I I've, I am looking forward to talking about reclaiming Gilneas at some point. That's going to be a lore thing, though. Yeah, and that's going to be Matt and I. That's going to be Matt and I going off. So, all right. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So, um, yeah, if you've got a question for the show, you can go to our Discord. Um, we've got two Discord uh, channels on our Discord server. Um, first is for everybody. It's just a and podcast questions channel. Um, and you can go there and just ask your questions, whether or not you're supporting us on Patreon. However, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, which we would like, uh, I just want you to imagine me with huge eyes like, like Puss in Boots from the DreamWorks <laughs> movies or just any dog ever. Um, looking up at you going, you have a piece of food like that. I'm doing that right now. And it's amazingly cute. And you are right now you're breaking. You're going to come join us on Patreon because of how great that looks. Uh, if you do that, you can then go to use our Q, our Patreon Q and podcast questions channel. We do look there first because um, after I've puppy dog eyed you, you're, you know, we should give you something back for your support. And one of those things we give you is the ability to ask us questions and we get them first. Uh, however, if you don't want to use discord for a variety of reasons, uh, you don't have to, we also have an email uh, you can use. It's a podcast at blizzardwatch.com with subject line podcast to blizzard watch. Um, you, you can do that as well. Uh, we get questions. You can get questions for pretty much any show we do. And, uh, you know, you can put lore watch ones in for Joe and, and then, you know, I will later on, you know, try to get him to eat a ham sandwich of questionable provenance. And when he wakes <laughs> up, I will have taken the questions and he'll be very upset. And later on, of course, he'll, he'll have his revenge. Usually it involves dunking me in a vat of something. I mean, it, it, we'll play it by ear, but regardless, um, this week, uh, I'm going to just try to read them myself. Uh, and then you guys can respond to them. This first one is from Octomomos. And uh, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, but you didn't give me anything. Octomos. Octomos. Octomos, okay. friend of the podcast. Uh, this one is, says there's a question for me, but I didn't know what they were talking about. Um, question for Matthew Rossi. Is the magical Leopleurodon extinct or just hiding in Candy Mountain? I had to go look this up. I'd never heard of it. Uh, apparently, it's got something to do with a unicorn yes. um, online. I watched it to figure out what you were talking about. I don't know if Liz or Joe are more familiar with it than I am. No, I only know about the memes on the internet. That's that's about yeah. as far as my knowledge of Candy Mountain goes. So regardless, all I can say is 
you made me immediately think of a version of these Jonathan Colton song, Skull Crusher Mountain, that I watched <laughs> years ago. Uh, there was somebody who used to do machinimas um, of all of his songs at the time. Keep in mind, this was like 2008. Uh, he did all, all his songs as locales in WoW. And Skull Crusher Mountain in that genre was uh, Black Rock Mountain. And he did the whole video there. Very good. But now I've just imagined a, a remix of it with a Leoplerodon on top of the mountain uh, singing that song. And that's just what you've given me. The gift you've given me is sitting around going, s trying to sing Skullcrusher Mountain in the voice of the Leoplerodon from the clip I saw when I went to figure out what you were talking about. So it's just like, and, and no one else will like this, but for me, it's, it's one of the most pleasant experiences I've ever had in my life. Just imagining what would a Leoplerodon attempting to sing Skullcrusher Mountain sound like? And when will we get Leoplerodons in World of Warcraft? Unrelated, mm -hmm. but I want them. Uh, so yeah, that, that happened. Either of you have anything to say or are we moving on? Nope. Liz? No. Okay. No. Uh, the next one is comics. Which superhero team is your favorite and which version of them is the best? I cut this from somebody else's que question that was like a long one full of stuff and I forgot to put their name in. So I will apologize for you to you now. Um, but um, okay. Superhero team is your favorite. Which one version is the best? Joe? Midnight Suns. Midnight Suns is my favorite superhero team or comic team of all time. I love the classic comic uh heroes dealing with the more esoteric things that go bump in the night type of stuff uh and as far as the incarnation that i like the most it was the one from the early 2000s uh roughly around the time of marvel zombies ish i think it was like between four and three or something like that uh where you had blade you had um magic you had wolverine you had ghost rider um, you had Dr. Strange and you had, uh, Moon Knight. Uh, and I think Werewolf by Night was also helping at that time, but it was just such a really cool comic. And it was such a, a, a throwback to the old horror comics that existed that were really, really popular before the comics code, uh, became a thing. And it was just killer artwork, really cool stories. Uh, anytime you get to have those characters get re-explored and like, Blade got, this is during the time where uh, in 1992, when Midnight Suns first happened, Blade got reimagined uh, and start, stopped being like a 70s disco dweller uh, and got more modern with the times. Uh, but it was just fun. I like it because I don't think comics deal with sort of, I don't want to say the horror elements as much anymore because Immortal Hulk and others do that, but it's just my favorite team, hands down. Okay, Liz? I, I'm an X-Men girl. Like, that's just, that was, those were the first comics I started reading, and that's just, you know, deep in my little lizard brain, way back in my head. When you talk about comics, that's where my head goes first. I've read a lot of comics since, but it always goes back to the X-Men. Of course, the problem with X-Men is that when you ask, what's your favorite comic superhero team, there have been like a million different X-Men teams. Mm -hmm. There have been yeah. so many. <laughs> And they are constantly changing. It's X-Men this and X-Men that. I hmm, I really like that kind of, I, I kind of think of it as X-Men 2.0 when you first had Storm and Wolverine jumping in. Mm -hmm. I like that mm -hmm. era where you had Colossus and Shadowcat jumping in. Um, I really, I really have a soft spot for kind of the 90s X-Men cartoon, which had its own kind of 
its own little unique team. And introduces a, uh, an original character that kind of got ported back into the comics. Morph. Wait, which one? Morph. Morph was originally created for the cartoon. <laughs> Did not exist in comics before that. You want to know a really quick, cute X-Men trivia question that you might like? Go. Name the other character created for an X-Men comic who got ported into the comics. I mean, X-Men cartoon that got ported into the comics. I do not know. X-23 slash Nick slash, you know, Wolverine's teenage clone, Laura Kinney. X-23 is so cool. Yes, Laura Kinney is the creation of, I think it's either Wolverine and the X-Men or X-Men Evolution. Evolution. Yeah. And she was created solely to be devil Wolverine in one issue. And they saw this and unfortunately Joe Quesada got his hands on her first, but after he (laughs) did, other people came in and did good things with her. Um, So yeah, that's, that's just something that I always know. My favorite Wolverine is X 23. So Hmm. I, you know, I, I also like some of the later X-Men team ups where Emma Frost is in the X-Men because that creates such a, like, like this weird twisted upside down dynamic. And it's like, if you are a fan of X Men, and I and I and this is an aside, highly mm-hmm. recommend reading the Fall of X stuff. Yeah, it's mm. actually been very good. It is supremely good. I work. I mean, working in a comic shop, I I wind up. Have, <laughs> I read more comics now than I ever did before because they're literally uh-huh. two feet to my left. It's phenomenal. <laughs> kind of the interesting thing about pulling some of the villains into the good side mm-hmm. is you get this unusual sense where it's like okay we don't all get along we don't all agree with each other but in the end we're all mutants and we're kind of trying to bring about this new generation i mean Mm -hmm. that's kind of where the x-men sort of come together we're we're sort of teaching the kind of a new generation of mutants here and teaching them how to live and survive in a world that hates them for the most part yeah so, so many X-Men teams, so many fun, different teams that are all fun in their own ways. Marauders is still my favorite X-Men. I'm just going to throw that out there because <laughs> I love Kitty Pride. She is just, I love her to death. She is so, so amazing. Mm. Matt, what's yours? Okay. Um, I, I'm hesitating trying to come up with saying something cool to sound edgy, but I'm not gonna. I'm just going to be completely 100% honest. It's Wildcats, just- isn't it? It's 100% Wildcats. <laughs> No, I, I wish. That was actually one of the ones I was thinking about for my cool edgy thing, because then I would get to go on about Alan Moore for a while. Uh, no, it's Justice League. Mm-hmm. It's the Justice mm-hmm. League of America. And the reason is quite simple. Um, I wasn't allowed to have comics until I was like 10 years old. My father forbade me to read them or anything that wasn't biblical. Uh, my grandmother finally just put her foot down and said, nope, I'm giving him comics. You can, you can go up a, a tree. Um, and she did it very nicely. You couldn't, my grandmother was the kind of person who was never mean and never raised her voice, but the woman was made of steel. Like she would stand in front of a charging rhino and be like, dear, do you really want to charge? And the rhino would be like, (laughs) no, I guess not. I guess I'll just sit here. Um, so it was like that. And one of the comics she got me, she gave me a whole bunch of stuff. Like she got me the various Marvel collections that were out at the time. Um, the trade paperback ones that they had, but one of the comics that she got me, that was just a comic that was coming out around that time was Justice League of America 200. Mm. And the other one was Avengers 200, which was also in that pile. Avengers 200 is one of the worst comic books ever written. (laughs) And someday I'll tell you about that. But uh, Justice League 200 is not, there's nothing clever about it. It's not trying to be clever. What it is, is everybody who to that point had been in a Justice League team lineup all show up. 
the Martian Manhunter, who hadn't been in the comic in like a decade, shows up. Firestorm's there. Mm-hmm. Aquaman's there. And the, the core conceit of the book is that the original seven Justice Leaguers uh, got mind-controlled by aliens to try and rebuild them so that they could, again, fight a war on Earth to determine who becomes king of an ancient empire in space. And the other Justice Leaguers have to try and stop them without hurting them because they are their friends and they don't want to like, you know, do anything bad to them. But the justice leaguers who originally did this, their memories have been reset back to when they first joined the team. They don't know who half of these people are or why they're trying to stop them. So weird team ups like Hawkman versus Superman is an actual fight in this book. And Hawkman does pretty well considering he's fighting Superman. Um, But eventually, you know, the aliens get recreated and then everybody's like, Oh no, the mind controls worn off. So they all team up and it's a big stupid fight and you know, it's just, it's fun and weird stuff is happening and everybody gets to do something cool. And it's just, it is, it it made me want to read more of these books. It made Mm -hmm. me want to see these characters and part of the draw to it, which is you don't get in some other teams. I love superhero teams for a lot of different reasons. One of those reasons is that oftentimes they get to focus on characters who don't would never get yeah, their own exactly, book. Exactly, right? And that's 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 great. And I love that about a lot of them. This book is not that. This book is literally before the Avengers ever said, you know, Earth's mightiest heroes come together to stop, you know, the JLA was doing that for like five years before Avengers ever happened. And the Justice Society was doing that in the forties, you know? So DC had a tradition of it. This is all the big names. And, and, you know, you're like a 10-year-old kid who's never gotten to read this before. You know who Batman is. You know who Superman and Wonder Woman are. You know, I kind of knew who Green Lantern was. And that was basically it. So I, all these people were new to me. And here they all are. I mean, I, I didn't even know who Aquaman was yet. And quite frankly, Aquaman is one of my favorite characters. Don't give me the fish thing. Um, so, yeah, it, it was just like getting to see that lineup of everybody who'd been in the team up until 1980-something. I forget what year this thing came out, but it was... It was a big collection and it, it features every location that had ever been important to the justice league, which was where I found out that the justice league's original headquarters was in Rhode Island. <laughs> I'm from Rhode Island. The hill that they used looks like the hill from near my house. It's on the beach. Just like the hill. It's like the justice league lived in my backyard. <laughs> I mean, obviously they didn't, I went and looked, uh, but yeah, just justice league of America slash justice league. I like that. They just call it justice league now because I don't want it to be just of America. I want it to be the world. Um, but yeah. And, and yeah, just for the fact that to this day, I can pick up a comic with the justice league in it. And I'll see something like this recent Godzilla versus Kong versus the justice league comic where Godzilla decides he's going to attack Atlantis. So Arthur summons what is essentially Cthulhu. Aquaman just summons Cthulhu and says, go fight that thing. And Godzilla loses (laughs) the Kraken beats Godzilla and pushes him out of Atlantis. (laughs) It's great. It's ridiculous. It's exactly what I love in comics. I was going to say justice league versus Godzilla is pretty good right now too. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, it's that's the team. That's the one for me. I don't know how much time we have left. We're already like 10 minutes in. So I'm pretty sure we're going to just be done. I think we're, unless we have something we really want to do. I think we are No. Um, I wouldn't have minded to do the flavor games of 2023, but that would take forever. Uh, So Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, either you got anything else to say before we move on to the wrap up where Joe does his thing? Nope. Liz? No. Okay, Joe, you're up. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions of patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your question answered on our podcast for the queue and an ads free site experience. 
Thank you very much, Joe. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. If you have a question for the show, you can send it to our email at podcast at blizzardwatch.com, subject line podcast at Blizzard Watch, so we know it's for the show. Or you can go to our Discord. We have two Discord channels, one for non-patrons, the Q&Podcast Podcast Questions channel, and one for patrons, the Patreon Q&Podcast Podcast Questions channel. Uh, we, we welcome you in both. If you want to be a patron, that'd be great. We love you, uh, but we love you if you don't. We understand that not everybody can be a patron. Um, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I didn't talk once about Tyrannosaurus Macriensis, and quite frankly, I wanted to. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye.